0: Good evening. Welcome to the Doctor Zeus film podcast. Um, you know there's that song I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair. Can we do that about Will and um Chris? Can we just wash them right out of our hair? I will say that Chris Rock, I, you know what, he's coming to Oakland and I'm not too far from Oakland. It's like, hey. But I I, I would go I mainly would go because I like Chris Rock's humor. Um but I don't know. I will say, you know, I really enjoyed King Richard. I really did. I really did in, in terms of the sports standpoint. And the fact that, it, you know, Venus and Serena, who are these icons. Sports icons. Now, there's another person who won on Sunday. Who really intrigued me because I used to watch a talk show back in the '90s called Jim Jay and Tammy Faye, and I find myself going back and watching clips of Tammy Faye Baker was a, a very um, funny person. She's very funny, and she tried to make light of you know what happened, what she went through, and she did a really great interview with RuPaul. RuPaul had this talk show. Back in the 90s, I have always had such the utmost respect for RuPaul. In fact, RuPaul's quote is, You're born naked and the rest is drag. Which is true. Please welcome
1: Tammy Faye Messner. So beautiful. Now, first, tell me who did the who did the coat? Who did the suit? Okay, I got them on the street. <laughs> You're kidding.
2: I did. I I, lo- I love New York. Uh-huh. And you can buy things down Chinatown. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. I've been to Chinatown, honey. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I got the suit. Listen, sixty dollars. the The coat was sixty dollars. You're kidding. Then I bought my shoes. These are a resale shop. They were three hundred dollars shoes. Have been worn once. I got them for thirty dollars. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> Did you now Tammy Faye, did you see any any of those shoes in a size 14? <laughs> Anything
2: like that I'm at all? I'm sorry, Ru, I didn't. Oh shoot. I didn't, girlfriend, but I'm sorry. Well, we we'll have to go I shopping because we'll go shopping. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> now we just saw a clip of you during the height of all that stuff. All that stuff. All that stuff. How, How did you? you- Oh, you let just let yours show. Yes.
2: I'm trying to (laughs) You let yours show. Yours are
1: better than mine. I do this little sideways thing that I learned from uh... Well
2: why do I sit sideways on this
1: thing? (laughs) Like Yeah, I think you look I think you look fabulous. You are just gorgeous. You know I
2: was gonna wear my wig, but I knew I knew I could not do you, so I just thought I'd come like me. Well, okay. you are looking this great the, the way you thing are. This the that I got that I think maybe outdoes your jewelry <laughs> yeah. just a little. <laughs> right, right. And I've had this for a hundred years. It's gorgeous. And it comes with came with this and with this. It's see, very, so.
1: it's very different. Oh, I do have a gold
2: fingernail.
1: You have a gold fingernail. That's, that's good. Can You, you don't have that? one of those. Well. No, I don't have one of those. Yeah,
2: and that's the right finger too. It's not the bad finger. Which it's is oh, finger. right, the,
1: right. We don't want the we bad don't want finger. We want the bad finger. Now you, you are you do dress very flamboyantly. People have called you a queen drag queen, before <laughs> It's true, right? Do you what do you say to those people who say, oh, you know, she dresses I say, up to much? I
2: say everybody must be who they are. Young people don't ever let anyone make you something that you're not. That's you have right. a
1: right to be who you are. That's right. And you say all of this in I your book, which is called uh, telling it my way yes. by Tammy Faye Master. Yes. Now, we were talking about the the whole public scrutiny all that those years ago. Yes. How do you survive something like that? You don't you
2: don't read the you don't read the papers. You don't watch it, watch, watch it when it's on TV. Right. You don't read the rag magazines. I kn- you know in your heart who you are. You know what you have done and what you haven't done. And you can look the public straight in the eye and that's what I do. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. I do. I believe in that. That's true.
1: I believe God knows and you know. That's all that needs who to be. Who you know. are. That's right, because right. all of this is just these are just clothes. Yes, they're just, just stuff. clothes underneath for all the things. That's right, that's right. Now I watch Trinity broadcasting and there's a lady on there who is like sort of trying to do your look. She's got the big purple hair. What's her name? Her name is Jan. Jan. Yes, and Jan yeah. is a friend of mine. Really? Yes. Now, now, who who did it first? Uh, obviously, you did that I first. I did it
2: first, because I've been on television for a lot of years before she was on TV. Yeah, yeah, you she's,
1: got big, she's got big purple hair. She's
2: got big purple hair. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't, just wouldn't know how to keep it all on. I'd like it. Yeah. I just wouldn't know how to keep it all on. No, you're, you're wig lying. I mean, I'd be afraid something would blow off and I'd be listening and <laughs> not know it. That'd be terrible if your hair was
1: flying down the street
2: and you didn't even know it.
1: <laughs> When's the first time you wore makeup?
2: Oh, oh, when I was a little girl, I was, oh, I would say I was a teenager in high school, and we, our church had always taught that makeup was a sin. Oh. And I always would look at people and thought they looked so pretty, and yeah. I wanted to look pretty, you know? So one day, my <laughs> girlfriend, Ada DeRod, and Ada, you're still out there somewhere,
1: <laughs> she,
2: she said, Tammy, come in here a minute, and, and I went in the bathroom with her. And she had this little tuba, little little black tuba stuff. She said, you have really long eyelashes. I said, I do not. Yes, you do. She said, let me prove it to you. Sit down. So I sat down in the commode and she took and started putting this black stuff on my eyes. And all of a sudden, I had these big, long oh, eyelashes. Boy. And
1: I thought, I look beautiful. <laughs> you do. <laughs> and and so you do. At that time, I did. Yes. I looked better at that time. <laughs> oh, well, we've got another beauty, beautiful lady coming.
0: And so what Jessica Chastain... Did is she she brought Tammy Lee or Tammy Lee, sorry. <laughs> Tammy Faye back to life. She brought her back to life. And whatever Tammy Faye did in her previous life, you know, um. It was it was interesting to watch when you get to watch portraits of these people who are no longer here. It it really is and that and that film is based off of, I mean, the documentary through the eyes of Tammy Faye. And um, it was it was interesting to watch. It was interesting to watch to see someone that I remember be brought back to life through through a film, and Jessica Chastain inhabited. And this is a beautiful moment in the film that I love.
3: I Hi! You guys just hanging out? (laughs) Yeah. So, you can talk about me. That's all right. But, you know, you gotta shake my hand and you gotta say hi first. Hi. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Tammy. What's your name? Max. Hi, But, you know, we're not strangers. I live right there. We're neighbors. Oh, let me show you guys what I just got. Who would like a picture?
0: And so what I love about that is, is those guys are making fun of Tammy Faye. And she turns it around. She turns it around. And I, I really enjoyed that. And those are, those are portraits that, you know, and then even... Being the Ricardos, I've said this before Being the Ricardos impressed me It impressed me And Very Here we go
3: Ricky kisses her and then notices the table set up Hey, company for dinner? Uh-huh Who is it? Lucy elaborately ignores him
2: How do you like the new water glasses, Ricky?
3: Who's coming for dinner, Lucy?
2: Doesn't the table look beautiful tonight?
3: Lucy, who is it?
2: Some people <laughs> Who
3: is coming here for dinner tonight?
2: Whom? You mean besides me and you?
3: Never mind that. What are the names?
2: Fred and Ethel
3: Wait a minute. I thought you said Fred and Ethel had to be fighting and they weren't mad each other. They are. I thought you said they weren't speaking to each other.
2: They aren't.
3: And that he was staying another wife. He is. And that she won't let him in the house. She won't. Well, if they are and they aren't, and he is and she won't. How come? well Lucía, Esmeralda, Maquila, Corey, Ricardo
1: oh
2: that's nice but is the rhythm getting old too early
1: we'll work on that back to right before Vivian's entrance when do we eat, settle and action
3: uh when do we eat I've been living on
1: peanut butter sandwiches Bill that line's got to take you over to the table hmm? you need to cross to the table on that why? So you can
2: see the table. Notice that a fourth place is set and say your next line. Uh,
3: someone else coming?
2: Well, Fred, I took the liberty of asking a young lady to be your dinner companion. A
3: young lady? A
2: cute young chick. Oh,
3: boy, bring her on.
2: Uh, hang on. Well. When I say I took the liberty of asking a young lady to be your dinner companion, Ricky should take a sip from a glass of water on the table to keep from laughing. And then when I say a cute Uh young chick, he should choke on his water a little. I like that. I like it too. Lucy, let me out of here.
3: Untie this coat.
2: Not until you kiss and make up. I'll never make up with him after the things he said.
3: What about the things you said to me? She said my mother looks like a weasel.
2: Apologize, Ethel. No.
3: Oh, come on, Ethel. him you're sorry.
2: Well, I'm sorry your mother looks like a weasel. Now, Ethel. Well, he should have more consideration. After all, I gave him the best years of my life.
0: <laughs> and so those are the performances They didn't win But they didn't have to Because it it brought light to Oh, okay Lucy and, and Ricky And, you know, I mean, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz I, I really enjoyed it I was really impressed with Javier Bardem And I was really impressed with Nicole Kidman J.K. Simmons, the whole cast What was the What is the one, the lady who played, um, Ethel, she was good too, she was good too, that whole, that whole cast, um, who else was in it, okay, that's Nina Ariana, who played Vivian Vance, Linda Lavin is also in it, as is Tony Hale, and Clark Gregg, and yeah, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. But yes, Jessica Chastain won for playing Tammy Faye Baker. And and I you know who else I enjoyed in that was um uh what's her name? Um Cherry Jones. Because she played the, her mother and she's called, you know, Tammy Faye, God does not approve of this. I think you're in trouble. Oh, you know, Jim, Jim says those things, but oh yeah, you know, I don't know. What do you think, mother? You want the fur coat? Yeah. <laughs> my favorite though is the trailer Because Jim Jim is obsessed with Satan And he's like the devil's coming for me, tame me. And then she just looks at him And it's like can we talk about Satan later Jim <laughs> I loved it Oh my goodness When you can find humor in that Yeah So The Oscars are said and done the Grammys are coming. Um, I did a show on Friday about Taylor Hawkins. Um, the Foo Fighters released a statement today that the tour is canceled. And so, yeah, all we can do is just remember. Whether you met Taylor or not, uh, the music—that's that's the powerful thing right there—is the music. I wish I could play some of those songs. I've been even the videos. You know, you watch the videos and it's like, wow. And it and it does it, it takes your breath away because now it's like it's different. When when someone and and you know I, I'm gonna say this because. Uh, Amongst friends this was said I I don't think any of us will ever get over it I I really don't I really don't Because the Foo Fighters Are such a force Think about it They put you know Dave Grohl makes this album In 94, 95 And then has to you know Gather a band and Oh my goodness And their last album to date is Medicine at Midnight. I mean, but they're just such a part of the rock, the rock culture. From Best of You, oh geez, I remember that. Oh God, all my life to um, um, what's that one album? Times like these. Oh God, it's such a such a great album. I mean, her, here's a list of their albums: Foo Fighters, nineteen ninety five the color and shape 1997 there's nothing left to lose 1999 that's when they won their first grammy one by one they won another grammy in your honor echoes silence patience and grace they won another grammy wasting light grammy uh sonic highways concrete and gold grammy medicine at midnight they're nominated um mm. Yeah, so, you know, Oscars have come to a close and um, whatever happens, I mean, with the Foo Fighters, you know, like I said, we can only just focus now on that body of music that we all lived and loved and so is always unpleasant dreams good evening and welcome to the dr zeus film podcast i was gonna talk about something else but i thought nah not worth it let's see here i'm looking at Chris Rock is coming to Oakland. Are the tickets available? Watch. They're not available. Oh Oh, Wait. Oh. Oh, shoot. (laughs) They're going up in price. They're going up in price. Well, hey. You know, next time. I don't. Pia next time. <laughs> um, people can take sides, people can be ignorant and say they thought they thought what he did was beautiful by um, assaulting Chris. Um, seriously. But you know, you know, Chris could have just told Will this. Well, the first thing I do is make him toast my salad. <laughs> he could have just told him that. Um, personal experience here when I was in high school. There were so many people that bullied me and assaulted me. Um, But I'm here and I survived. It was funny. One time, see, I had watched that. I I love Chris Rock. Always have, always will. And I said that to the dude. Dude called me a faggot. And I said, go get your salad top. And he says, what, motherfucker? And he smacked me in the head. (laughs) And it hurt for a bit. And And then I picked up a chair as like a barricade. And... He took the chair as evidence To the principal's office And the principal just said to me Watch your mouth (laughs) That's about it (laughs) And later on I saw that dude And he had dropped out of high school So I know how to pick him right there (laughs) He dropped out of high school And I remember he came up to me And I was about to graduate And he says hey man What the fuck's your skull made out of I said bone And he says you fucked up my hand And I'm like huh He shouldn't have hit me then And then he's like you shouldn't have said Hey you know what (laughs) I was going to say some people like their salad toss You obviously do (laughs) Because you took it that way (laughs) It was funny Oh it was funny Oh I love humor Don't we all Don't we all (sighs) I'm still not done with uh, Nightmare Alley I will say there's a little bit of nudity, hello Bradley Cooper, but you know, um, I I feel bad for him that what's her face that w- that was kind of rapey, What they did at the beginning. Oh, um, Re- Regina Hall, I think that's her name. I don't know. There's a little of Nightmare Alley because it is nightmarish. Oh, my sweet
3: Pete, It breaks my heart.
0: That's Nightmare Alley. It is a remake directed by Guillermo del Toro. This is an exceptional cast. Uh, Bradley Cooper. There's a lot of Aussies. Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, William Defoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen, David Strathairn. I love Guillermo del Toro. How can you not love him? Hans Labareth and the Shape of Water. This guy is a genius. He is a genius. <sighs> I just realized that um, what is it? Murder on the Orient Express, or I'm sorry, Death on the Nile. <laughs> Death on the Nile is available to watch on um, HBO Max, so I'm gonna watch that later. But yeah, let's 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 watch a little more of uh, Nightmare Alley and. See where it goes. And um, this is the Doctor's Useful Podcast. So, oh shit, talk amongst yourselves. down here, that's his home. Up, uh, no. Facing the other way, he's shy. Gotta keep my beauties prickled fresh. they by the same lust
3: and threat that got us all walking on this earth, but gone wrong somehow in maternal womb. Not fit for living. Most of them die right at childbirth or even inside the mother. Now, this one is a rare one.
0: Enoch. I named him on account of the Bible. Little fucker killed his mother right at that childbirth. Red box, what alcohol? Good for picking, bad for drinking poison. Real poison.
3: Blue box, sweet sugar cane, double cooked. My throat sores, bull's ass and flat.
1: Folks know to come to me for it. Half a plug a quart. Have a cup a quart.
3: You gotta make them claim. Same as everybody else. I never touched. Them we virtuous just say you understand
1: i understand what do you understand Mm
3: It's not that, my boy. Well, it's just that it's been some time since anybody's asked me to teach them anything. (laughs) Thank you. You know where to find me.
1: into this sorrowful shape for I disobey.
0: Electrocution even for those in close proximity. So it's it's evident that Guillermo is intrigued by sideshows, circus, freaks, band dog killers, roots fester, lest we forget. <laughs> So far, it's interesting. I, you know, but the, uh, you know, the, the, the shit show is over. <laughs> it's over. Um, I think we can all breathe a sigh of relief. And so I'll watch the two nominated films that I have to finish as I want, not right away. Because the winner has been announced, if you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> But here we are, film, music, I am getting into the gear, I'm going to see Bohemoth next month, actually no, May, not next month. we're at March, March is almost over, I will probably be seeing the Deftones and Gojira, or Gojara, in April, um, I am wondering, well, who's going to play the bass in Deftones? Because Sergio... Sergio isn't there anymore. Okay. So... Who's going to play the bass? Because I know Frank's not going to do it. Is Chino going to play the bass? Probably. Or they're probably going to get, you know... A hired hand. Sadly... uh, And I have an opinion on that. And everyone has an opinion. I thought that was wrong. What they did to... um, Sergio Vega So But I'm still going to go to the show. I'm still going to go to the show also out of curiosity cuz it's like okay, what what's going to happen? Hmm? Because you know it, it it does have kind of a This is spinal tap vibe it does it does the fact that okay how many ba- they've been through I think was it three base players um you know Chi Chi Chang died uh Sergio was was I guess not as permanent as we thought he was they had another one though I, I don't know who it was I don't know so I'm just gonna have to wait and see when I get there and I'm gonna drive I'm not taking the bark Um, we're, we're going to see, we're going to see what happens, huh? So, I mean, there's a lot of shit shows going on, but you know, there always is Belfast that you can watch and enjoy. I really enjoyed it. It's moving as, as was Coda and drive my car, drive my car is a three hour movie. I know not all. I don't think all of you could get through that. I love hearing the Japanese language spoken. Such a beautiful language, and the situations in it because it's 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 a tough movie to watch. There's a lot going on in Drive My Car. A lot of emotion, a lot of time also because you're watching. And you're like, oh wait a minute, that happened, and you don't realize how time progresses in the film. It's a three-hour film, but. In terms of the lives of the central characters. And the car at the center of the film. So. But yeah. um, You know what I am going to get around to doing? I am going to get around to watching the Marlena Dietrich collection. I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe Jason Almi and I can talk about it. So. Are, I'm trying to think how many films are in that Because you know I prefer to do them all at night Do them sorry <laughs> Talk about uh, Freudian slip I, I prefer to watch all of them at night Versus during the day Because during the day you know I want to be outside And I want to be on my toes and Getting shit done and So yeah Yeah but it's, it's been... It's been a crazy couple of days. It really, really has. And... The Grammys are coming up. I don't know how that's going to go down. Mm-hmm. It's going to be bittersweet. But we have... We have humor... To help us. I mean... It's always kind of... You know what's weird is... How... Certain things are, are well received and other things aren't. An example. Everyone likes Bohemian Rhapsody. I did not like it. I really did. I actually preferred Rocket Man because of the fact that they actually got someone to s- who can sing rather than someone who just lip syncs. Let's talk about that. Hmm? Yeah. Or how Freddie Mercury's homosexuality is watered down. But when it comes to Rocket Man, and you have Elton Motherfucking John as an executive producer, it's right in there. Oh yeah, leg spread, <laughs> going, <laughs> going to town. <laughs> He's still standing. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's I'm tired. It's been a crazy couple of days. It really has. But you know. I Sometimes it's the little things That really make me smile And I received my issue of Revolver Magazine Yes, I still read magazines And in that is Author and Punisher Really great one-man band Fronted by Tristan Schoen From, uh, I believe he's from San Diego, California Cohen, Cohen and C- Cambria are on the cover Not a fan of theirs don't get it didn't like the drums uh but author and punisher come on come on it's industrial it's it's different it's uh, atmospheric i mean that really could be the soundtrack that really could the way the way he does it so brilliantly so i wanted to give him a shout out and uh yeah i mean life life is pretty crazy when you after one slap <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. I mean, I think people are tired of it. I'm tired of it. I think it's time to put it to bed or get out of that entanglement. <laughs> so, um mm. Here we go. Let's end tonight with the great Paul Mooney who got thankfully got a mention in the in memoriam, but Bob Saget, Saget didn't. How fucked up is that? Because he did do movies. This is Paul Mooney talking about the Oscars back in the day. Predictable.
3: I already knew it was gonna be. I knew that that stupid movie with uh, Sandra Bullock was gonna, you know, that movie. I have grandkids, and I have kids. I don't want them to be brainwashed by white folks. That, that white people have to save you. That angels are white, because angels aren't white. You know, they, I, I was offended by that movie. I didn't like the movie. I walked out on it. I just wanted him to just sit on her and kill her. That was a great ending for me. And Precious? Oh, but Precious was a horror movie. Come on, that was, that was uh, The Color Purple 2. And the only reason why Oprah or, or those people could relate to that because they were molested as children. No Christian could sit and write that movie and sit through that movie. It was scary. Scary, scary movie. Now,
0: when people talk about the Oscars and black folks finally getting opportunities to win some, um, there's always sort of a backlash. It seems like people don't want... They want to see us at the Oscars but not winning for those kind of awards.
3: Like, well, the Oscars... It was named, Betty Davis saw it and she said it looks like my Uncle Oscar. That's where it was named. The statue itself is, it's, it's worshipping statues. It's a, you know, Hollywood's, if God doesn't destroy Hollywood, he owes Solomon and the Gamora to an apology. So, you mean you- No, the Oscars are very racist. It's been racist right from the beginning. When uh, Adam McDaniels won for playing Mammy, They wrote her speech. The speech said, I'm a credit to my race. That in itself is stupid.
2: This is one of the happiest moments of my life. And I want to thank each one of you who had a part in selecting me for one of the awards. For your kindness, it has made me feel very, very humble. And I shall always hold it as a beacon for anything that I may be able to do in the future. I sincerely hope I shall always be a credit to my race and to the motion picture industry. My heart is too full to tell you just how I feel. And may I say thank you. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. And, and we're
3: too much into their white folks' awards and their, what, what they set the standard or what they worship. We worship what they worship. You know? Definitely. Uh-oh. No, I mean, if they say something is good, that we, oh, that's the best. You know? It's, it's, mm-hmm. if they, somebody white said it was good. It has to be good. Somebody white says it's the best, is the best
0: The one night So that's Paul Mooney Talking, I think that was The 2010 Oscars Oh god The blind side Oh I I, I know a lot of people Who have issues with that movie I didn't even like that movie but You know how people are Oh but Sandra Bullock Was so great Mm hmm. Oh god I I think I saw Precious uh, at one point Um, uh, Because the blind side was totally blind Um, Let me see Because I know it wasn't just Um Ooh, hello! Yep, yep, yep. Okay, that's not it. That's a really great podcast, or it's like a. I don't want to. I don't want to borrow her thing though, because. Um. Yeah, what's this? It's called the white savior problem. <coughs> hey, I, I know people that like Sandra Bullock. That's great. She's okay. She's not my favorite. I liked her in Gravity. She was the last woman standing. Come on. You know, it, I mean, Sigourney Weaver, the same thing. She was the last woman standing in Aliens, and those aliens were ugly. Biological weapons. <laughs> but <coughs> Sandra Bullock in The Blind Side. I think I watched it one time and I was just like, okay, all right. And I know a lot of black people and a lot of Mexican people, and a lot of Asian people who didn't even like the blind side because of the white, that in quotations, white savior. So what Paul Mooney, and and that's why I liked Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney was not afraid to say it. He was not afraid to say it. And if Paul were here today, oh, he'd have some things to say about what happened. He really would. And I know that he would be, I mean, it's not so much about picking sides. It's just about doing what's right. And he would be in Chris's corner. He would totally be in his corner because he'd be like, you got fucked over. You got fucked over. so yeah like I said in my previous um, episodes Hollywood and the Oscars have an identity problem they have an identity problem they need to create an app so that you can watch it and if, and if shit goes down boom you don't have to censor it when they did that I, at first I thought wait a minute what's going on yeah many people that i've talked to kind of agree with my stance on you should just move it to hbo because then at least if the fight starts out you can hear him say fuck you rather than bleep 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 and then also you know that the kids can't watch it there were kids in that audience so i feel bad for them that they had to hear that you no, they they're like they think the fresh prince is a nice guy so I mean, we could ask. We could ask the lady who played Aunt Viv in the first few seasons of The Fresh Prince, because I know she had an issue with Will. Uh, or you know, we could just. I mean, we could go back to Chris Rock's line: "Go get your salad tossed," because there's always there's always the tongues. There's always been tongues wagging about Will in Hollywood. Trust me, people have told me things. There's always been talk about Will in Hollywood. The will is not totally straight. Okay? So, I'm I'm not the only one to say that. And when you have two beards together, okay? All right, entanglement. All right. Hey. Will hasn't had a hit in years. What was it? I Am Robot or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? What can I say? It's the Dr. Zeus film podcast. Uh, It's over. I mean, like I said before, I enjoyed King Richard. I really did. It's it's a tough film to watch. And then to see, you know, it's like you fucked yourself over. You fucked. He fucked himself in the ass. He fucked himself in the ass and not in a good way. And now it's being revealed that he refused to leave. So he turned into a little crybaby bitch. He refused to leave he refused. I'm talking about this at a film podcast. I can't believe I, I think I'm just it's good to just get it out there. Now now I'm starting. It's it's like possession. I'm being possessed by Jason Almey's shit happens when you party naked because and the, the creatures of the night because when I'm on their show, they throw down. They throw down. Shots are fired. Um, yeah, shots are fired. One time they had me on And we were talking about COVID And they said what do you think is going to happen I said well you know what we're all going to have clones We're going to have clones And they were like what are you going to do with the clone When you're done with it Well it's going to disintegrate Take it out to the back and the dog's going to eat it And and then one of them was like Well what if I catch the clone having sex with my wife I said then join in I don't know (laughs) Or, Or you know get a robot or something Rosie the Riveter Come on Yeah so uh, it's, it's always fun and lively when I'm on the creatures of the night and um, I don't have they recorded late. No, they haven't. And then Jason Almey. So, yeah, um, if you're if you're shocked by my humor tonight or my candor, that's fine. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Trust me, I haven't watched a Will Smith movie in years. I couldn't even tell you the last time I did. Or wait, no, that's not true. Reruns. Whenever they play Enemy of the State. But I only watched that because of Gene Hackman. Because, of course, he's the better actor. Um, I know. Shots are fired right there. Uh, Like, I didn't watch I Am Legend. That just didn't interest me. You know what? I'm going to be truthful with you. After I saw the shit show that was Wild West, I was like, I'm not watching any more of his movies again. I think after that I saw The Pursuit of Happiness. I was like, okay. It's a sad movie. It's kind of an uplifting movie. He didn't win. Forrest Whitaker won for playing Idi Amin. So it's like, okay. All right, Oscars. See, see how the Oscars are, though? They're weird. They're weird. Because they give it to you for playing a villain. Denzel Washington and Training Day. Halle Berry and... Uh, Monster's Ball? <laughs> I saw Monster's Ball and it... You want to talk about traumatic? I didn't need to see Billy Bob Thornton's balls, okay? That was traumatic. I And, I, and, I, and I'm I sure it was traumatic for Angelina Jolie watching it too, you know? It's like, oh my god. He, you know... She, she's probably scared that... Billy was going to give Halle Berry his vial of blood because you know they both had those vials of blood (laughs) it's the Oscars see the the Oscars I love what um, Ellen Burstyn once said about the Oscars there was a documentary about the Oscars and she said she was nominated and she felt this grasping like she she felt she deserved it and she didn't like that feeling and I thought, okay, that makes sense, but then she would, but then, but then it's kind of like The Exorcist with a little dose of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, because then she gets all crazy, and then she says, "Oh," and then she, they start to talk about Jenna Rollins, and she says, um, "She should have won an Academy Award for that, but not my award." See how she said "my award"? See, so see what that that award turns people into? It's like, remember Lord of the Rings? Was it Bilbo Baggins? Uh, Ian Holm. Oh, the late Ian Ian Holm, rest in peace. Um, And Frodo had the ring, and Ian Holm's Bilbo Baggins turned in like to a demon when he saw the ring. That's like the Oscar for some people. It turns him into a demon. It's like you know. At least with Helen Mirren, we knew she was she was happy to be there. She you know she hadn't had a hit in years. And and I love Helen Mirren. Come on. Come on. She's not going to slap Chris Rock. Are you kidding me? Let's get real. Let's get real. You know, it. it, it. G.I. Jane, too. Come on. Take that as a compliment, Jada. Yeah. Jada hadn't had a hit in years. Let's talk about that, okay? Red table talk. More like me- uh, male genitalia mutilation. That's what that show is, okay? I've watched a little bit of Red Table Talk and I'm like, okay, there's a reason why it's on Facebook and not on a network. (laughs) Hey, like I said, this, you know, the film industry has, it has the good, the bad and the crazy. (laughs) And so that's all. It's just to get, to get it out of you. The Oscars are over. Good night. Unpleasant dreams. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I think that now we can move on from yesterday and continue to just talk about music, art, and film, and how it brings us all together. Personally, I had a moment over the weekend. I was hanging out with a friend. It was our first time meeting, and we were eating sushi and talking about music. And the gentleman who was serving us he was talking to me as I was paying the bill and said, so I really liked your guys' conversation. Are you a musician? I said, no, I wish. And he was going to go to Coachella and I thought, oh, that's so cool. And see, that's, that's what I try to do on this podcast, is to bring people together. Talk about things that we, you know, have a commonality of music and film. Art and music. I mean, I don't talk about art as much on the show as I would like to. But I have expressed over the, over the years that some of my favorite artists include Salvador Dali and Frida Kahlo and Pablo Picasso and Van Gogh and um, Magritte. And, I mean, there, there's just a whole list. And how it fits within the pantheon of film and music. Watching those Oscar-nominated films, I, I will tell you, they were each one had something for the viewer, whether you like them or not. I, I noticed that is that if you look at something like Coda, and that brought us into a world that many of us are not familiar with, and then drive my car, and how even thousands of miles away, our commonality of dealing with grief, and dealing with. Social acceptance. It's it's a universal thing whether there's subtitles or not. And then something like Belfast. Here we are, we're living in this this crazy time, and people are fighting, and you have refugees, and you look at something like Belfast right there, and then Dune, which is an old story sci-fi 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 is such a universal you either love it or you hate it (laughs) i grew up watching doctor who so i know all about sci-fi i love it i'm still watching nightmare alley um it's interesting so far it it's an ensemble cast and people are probably you know asking how come The cast wasn't nominated because when you have an ensemble, now the SAG Awards have done that, they have an ensemble category when you're doing an ensemble, really, then those are the supporting players and so you really can't just pick a lead out of them (sighs) yeah so the awards are over, next weekend is the Grammys and I have my own take on that and sometimes it's just good not to talk about things like that (laughs) I think music at the end of the day is so sacred and so special that an award, if you think about it, sometimes it doesn't need an award. Sometimes just loving the record itself is the merit. Mm. Many of the records that I've loved throughout the years didn't win Grammys. Tones—they're finally nominated again after 21 years. Uh, what's another one? Tool. Tool. What's funny about Tool is they've won Grammys, but they, it's like, oh, okay, okay. It's not—it's—it's it's not really something that they strive to do. I mean, their albums are known for the packaging, for the sonics, but it's not something that they set out to do. Oh, we're going to make a Grammy-winning album. I don't think they set out to do that. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's... That Yeah, that's why it's kind of... It's kind of um, uh, a hit and a miss. This week, uh, in fact, I just got a notification... Misuga is putting out a new album. I, I pre-ordered the, the CD and the vinyl, and so I'm I'm looking for. I love Misuga. That that's that's just intensity. And there's and there's a spiritualism of the sonic intensity of that, all the way back to, you know, Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. And um, when I, when I talk about music with friends, I always I always stress the blues because all this beautiful hard rock that. Rock and roll. It all comes from the blues. You wouldn't have that if it wasn't for people like Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters and, and um, uh, John Lee Hooker and Howlin' Wolf and Buddy Guy and uh, Junior Wells. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. I really don't have a film to talk about today. I mean, I think I've watched so many. <laughs> I watched eight of the ten nominees for Best Picture. And like I said, each one had something for their audience. Uh, I liked Coda. I think universally and message-wise, that's why it won, but it was not my favorite of the year. And and that's the other thing. Whether it wins or not, what all that matters is, is that what you take away from it. I think because everyone is so obsessed with what the industry has to say, and, you know, um, yeah. Those awards are over. <laughs> next, next weekend is the, is the music ones. And so, yeah. For me... I love the classic films because it's like snuggling up in a nice warm blanket, and you get to watch these films of people from uh, an era that is bygone and film noir and classic cinema. Back then, they didn't say they didn't call those romantic films rom coms. They were just films. They were comedies, or they were screwball comedies. Something like the Philadelphia Story. awful truth my man godfrey it was about making your audience laugh and and the classic stars were able to connect through comedy and drama that right in in today's era that's it's not the same i mean the one person that i think could pull it off was the late robert well robin williams is to be able to do comedy and then do drama and move your audience. Let them know that you're with them, that you're connecting to them on a universal level. doesn't matter where you're living. It doesn't matter what you represent is that if you connect to that film... uh, I loved... uh, I always talk about the American Film Institute and those films that i really educated me and the actors talking about those films that they love i mean hearing Morgan Freeman whom i absolutely love talking about High Noon and the, and, and just his affectations of he's like Gary he's like Gary Cooper in High Noon wooey oh yeah or Michael Keaton talking about James Cagney and the energy that James Cagney conveyed Uh Lily Tomlin talking about Gene Harlow, you know, how Gene Harlow was this blonde bombshell but she was Spitfire tough. She was a comedian. She could hold her own with the audience and the comedians, you know, whether it was Clark Gable or William Powell or even in Dinner at 8. Dinner at 8, which is really such a really cute ensemble. Great actors. You got Marie Dressler, and um, you have uh, John Barrymore and um, Lionel Barrymore, as well as uh, Billy Burke. Billy Burke, who very famously played Glinda the Good Witch in the Wizard of Oz. That's another thing. The Wizard. The Wizard of Oz think about that it it had a a larger life on television because you were able to watch it in the privacy of your home as a child and and as an adult whenever wizard of oz would come on i would i would get excited because i thought okay this is what it's about and that's why I do this, this podcast is to talk about film and talk about music and art and this commonality that we all have and those, those who are still learning it. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing to kind of see an aha moment with people who are just getting into classic films or a particular piece of music. I'd like to thank those of you who listened to... I I did a brief uh, tribute to Taylor Hawkins on Saturday. Well, Friday, early Saturday. And I got a lot of hits. And that's the power of music, is that we're all in it together. We're all mourning him together. And And how much the music means to all of us. This beautiful music that is so forming and, and yeah that's a, that's a testament to these artists that we lose you know and if they're not mentioned in the in the memoriam it's like oh, okay because in our hearts they're forever there i think i think acknowledgement is an interesting beast and it is a beast and especially when it comes to an in memoriam was just poorly put together <laughs> it's like okay uh, what are you going to do huh? what are you going to do so here we are classic films have such a power to convey the one film that I would recommend to all of you is Gregory Peck the Gunfighter I'm holding a copy of it right now and I'm looking at it as Gregory Peck. It was, uh, directed by Henry King, came out in 1950. It's a classic film. Beloved. And then I'm I'm digging into the crates here. Oh, shoot. I forgot I had this. I have doubles of So, the Oscars are over. Who knows? For good, maybe. Who knows? Like I said before, uh, my theory about that is, why don't they just create an app? You can watch the Oscars on the app. Because you're making a lot of money off of apps. And if the Oscars would move into the 21st century, yeah. Think about that. I'm sure they have. and And I'm sure it's like, no... We want to stick to our bread and butter. (laughs) So. Before we go tonight. I thought. Hey. Let's play a little something. Because this is Monday. Mondays are such a. Interesting time 50 years ago she put out a film and it became a classic she comes from a family of performers and artists and show, here we go show, what
2: do you think of this dad my hair black and cut the point in it he went it's great what if I had enough
1: lunch? I said, oh, I need like <laughs> Because I was so into her. You know, she needed to be special. She needed to be special. Jeffrey Unsworth was our cameraman, who was, I think, one of the best cameramen in the world. You know, he... And again, it was a look that you couldn't explain to anybody. Because they'd say, well, what kind of filter? And you say, a 4G? What are you doing? you know... <laughs> It had to look like it was, as if we were there, and that's why he copied their actual poses from paintings in the movie. You know, you look at this and the guy who's combing his hair behind the bar, and then the three people sitting like this. Those were paintings, and he shot them, and he got the lighting and the feel of the look from those paintings, the German impressionists, and that's where.
0: That's Liza Minnelli talking about her Oscar-winning role in Cabaret, 1972. And I bring that up because last night, everyone, you know, got their oh, celebrating the 50th anniversary of The Godfather, celebrating 28 years of Pulp Fiction, celebrating 30 years of White Man Can't Jump. And I thought, whoa, wait a minute. What about the 50th anniversary of Cabaret? And they didn't announce that, but you know who did? Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga not only supported Liza Minnelli, but she was there for her. And she said, I got you. And Liza said, I know. Thank you. That's what it's all about. Are the connections. The connection of these different generations. Liza Minnelli and Lady Gaga. Two ecstatic internationally loved performers to Oscar winners I'm not big on remakes but if anyone could remake Cabaret it would be Lady Gaga because she knows the essence of it she knows the jazz just like Liza knows the jazz and so that's really how we're all universally connected and I think Liza and Lady Gaga doing that at the end of the ceremony was very profound and yeah some people I'm sure were stunned Liza is in a wheelchair but Liza was determined as you could see to go up there and announce Best Picture and I think for me that, that's the moment of the night is these two musical giants who are Oscar winners can unite, and I loved it. Uh, Lady Gaga, the way she was very caring to Liza, almost like sh- sh- a mother-daughter relationship, right there. Yeah, and and that's why I do this film podcast: is our connections, our connections to music and film and art and everything. And I think that's why so many of you loved the Taylor Hawkins podcast episode. I know I did. I just listened to it recently. So, I'm very proud of it. But not because, I, I wish I hadn't, I, I, that's not something you want to record. So, because I think we would all like him to still be here we would very that is, that is such a loss we're all mourning together and we have to celebrate we have to celebrate the music we have to celebrate the films that he was in and that documentary back and forth from 2011 actually won the Foo Fighters a Grammy as they were making their album uh, what is it uh, was it Chasing Light you know, with that song Rope and uh Oh god. One of these days, that's such a great song. <sighs> yeah, so let's all just exhale, relax, unpleasant dreams.